Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.fm. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers, and you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us, we'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStop.fm. Let's talk about your SaaS MVP project today. Today on the Big Break Software Podcast, we have Terry Kyle of WPX.net. WPX is a WordPress hosting platform that specializes in fast speed and fast customer service. I should know I'm a customer and I've, been, I've experienced both. Terry will go over why and how he started WPX, how he built the MVP platform, how he gained his first few customers, and how he's been able to differentiate himself in the crowded WP hosting space to find product market fit to 5 million annualized revenues and beyond. How are you today, Terry? Fantastic. And you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Excited to to chat with you about WordPress hosting. I I think I read somewhere recently that maybe 35% of the web is on WordPress. Does that sound about right? Yeah, various estimates have it somewhere there. Could be higher, I think. Could be quite a bit higher. Yeah, so obviously a great space to be in, a lot of stuff happening in that space. Why don't you tell me specifically what problem WPX solves for your customers? Sure. So I came to hosting as a hosting co-founder in 2013. And by that point, I had actually been using hosting companies for about 15 years since the late 90s. That's how far back my digital entrepreneurship kind of goes. Okay. Believe it or not, the web looked a little bit different back then. I believe it. (laughs) I remember mosaic browsers and all that kind of stuff, showing my age somewhat there. And And I had never, ever been satisfied with those, Geordie. And I had quite a few kind of complaints about the status quo of hosting over those 15 years. I tried kind of every company out there probably twice or three times over that time. So I kind of came to hosting as as what I call a customerpreneur. And what I mean by that is somebody who has been a long-term user of services in a particular niche, in a particular industry, and, and saw that it was never great, and often it was completely terrible. And I thought somewhat arrogantly that I could do a lot better. And actually, we, we did. Uh, some things, we took a while to find our traction to get our mojo going, but um, we, we kind of saw all these things that desperately needed fixing in not just WordPress hosting, but hosting generally. So in 2013, my business partner and I, a Bulgarian guy, Georgi Petrov, we set up what was then Traffic Planet Hosting. And the reason it was called that is because I had quite a successful uh, forum for digital marketers, internet marketers called Traffic Planet. I think at the time we had something like twelve to 15,000 very active users on that forum. And they also had a lot of complaints about hosting companies and stuff. So from a branding point of view, it kind of seemed a no-brainer to just 
spin off the, the forum name into the hosting, even though it was a bit kind of clumsy and, and unwieldy, the name was a bit so long. Can I just um, interject? Yeah. The, the sure. forum, was it in WordPress or what was no, the forum? No, it was uh, using uh, InVision software, so just, just dedicated custom uh, forum software. Okay, so this is something you're like chatting to, yeah. you're sort of chatting or sending out messages. This is not an email list. This is like a community. No, that's... it's a proper forum. And, and okay. today we kind of know these more like Facebook groups have more or less taken over the forums space from from forums like Warrior Forum, for example, where okay, I was yeah. I remember them, yeah. So, but today it's all Facebook groups, you know, that kind of dominate that space. So this was a community. So in 2013, we created Traffic Planet Hosting. We could see that kind of the mega trend was with WordPress. And we had many options at that time. We could have gone with Joomla or Drupal or even within WordPress to go for e-commerce stuff like WooCommerce. Though that was a lot more basic back then. But it was kind of a no-brainer that also that WordPress was the obvious mega trend to get on board with. And at that time, there were not many WordPress specialist hosting companies. So we went with that. But after a while, that kind of became clear that we needed to broaden uh, our appeal and, and base of that. So in 2016, we changed to WPX, wpxhosting.com at that time. And then later, we just kind of shortened it down because we negotiated and bought the .NET for WPX to make it, again, kind of simpler and easier to remember. So I think that was 2018. So what was it W? That's interesting. I just like to quickly go no. over the domain because I know three letter domain. Can you just tell yeah. me how you came? First of all, how, what, why WPX? What is it? Obviously, WP is WordPress. What's the X yeah. for? Internally, we have quite a few jokes about that. Oh. The X can kind of be whatever you want, but we kind of think it's like X factor or exceptional service, that okay. kind of thing. But it's, but it's a nice short one. Yeah. So we, we came across WPX.net, which was owned by kind of a domain speculator. And they just buy like thousands of three-letter, four-letter, two-letter, whatever they can get domains, yeah, hoping yeah. that someone like us comes along okay. one day and offers them, you know, crazy money for one of those domains. And what did you offer? We, we originally, I think from memory, it started at 10K. But we eventually negotiated and got it for $4,000. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a great yeah. pickup. So I think in 2018, we switched to that just, just for simplification. And a lot of those Traffic Planet Forum original guys are still with us today after eight years. So hopefully okay. we've done a few things pretty well. Right. Okay. So um, we kind of had a bit of a jump start because a lot of the... Traffic Planet guys who who also knew me from SEO circles. I was kind of a teacher and service provider in that space from about 2009 onwards. So a lot of those guys trusted me, uh, and and they came over to Traffic Planet Hosting, which then became WPX. So I think early on we got like a few thousand customers or low thousands pretty pretty quickly, and we okay. weren't just kind of starting with a blank sheet of paper you know, and just trying to attract people and build a brand from nothing. So that was a good jump start okay. for us. Okay. So I'd like to sort of dive a little deeper into that. Yep. sounds like your background is SEO and marketing, correct? Yeah, true. That's, okay. Yeah. So, so, and then you had this forum, you're teaching, you build up this Traffic Planet forum yep. as part of the SEO. sounds yep. like some kind of coaching. Then your partner in Bulgaria is obviously, he's the tech 
He's the CTO yeah. or so. Okay. What was the original proposition though? If you were to get walk, like talk to me, like I'm, you know, one of your traffic, one of your traffic planet forum members in 2013. Like, why are you creating this? What is the main problem? And what are you trying to tell me at that time? Yeah. So originally. The pitch was that, because I knew from my experience with hosting companies, that the typical approach was to keep the prices very, very low by overloading kind of very old servers and promising a lot which couldn't be delivered. So you promise things like unlimited bandwidth, unlimited disk space, and some companies still do this today. But when you go into their terms of service, it says if you exceed the normal use requirements of uh, whatever a normal site is, we'll cut you off immediately. So mid-launch, you might get shut, shut down. That happened to me a few times. We were kind of, we bought, we spent kind of crazy money early buying our own servers at the highest spec possible. And then we deliberately underloaded them with accounts so that the accounts had a lot of headroom for speed and uh, traffic launches and things like that. So we, we were kind of pitching, pitching uh, at the kind of the impatience and unhappiness with the existing providers particularly on the, the site loading speed with them. Yep. Okay, so so you're coming from a perspective of someone that's doing launches, and so you're, you know, I think still it may be less so, but a lot of the times the marketers might be familiar with, okay, I've spent, you know, four months marketing this launch, and <laughs> I open my car, and then it crashes. And then yeah. so this is a very expensive uh, mistake to to have to live through and this is what this is the main problem that you were trying to solve is specifically for like launches of marketers mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't experience this downtime like the servers getting overloaded yeah but but even launches aside they could see and i could see when i went to my website which, which didn't have much traffic it was loading extremely slowly Mm -hmm. uh, because the server trying to serve up that content was hugely overloaded with too many accounts even if they're not doing much or much traffic, there are still other things going on. There are, there are WordPress's own cron jobs. You might be playing around with posting. You might have a few uh, browser tabs open, copying from one window to another, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and your site just slows to a complete crawl, and it's really frustrating to use. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that's essentially the. Yeah. That's why it even if I go to WPX right now, it says you know the headline yep. is really about fast speed. So it's yep. really about a speed problem. Now I gather this is sort of pre AWS. I mean, why did you go out and buy your own servers? That sounds. I mean, while a hosting company may need their own servers, but for an MVP, yep. that sounds a bit extravagant. Can you kind of go yep. into your reasoning behind that? Sure. At the time, I had other quite successful online businesses, and that subsidized the hosting for the first couple of years. So we didn't desperately need to go super, super cheap on everything, which was, which was a huge plus factor. The problem with going to a Google Cloud or an AWS is you have to take the specs of the servers that they offer. Uh, and often they're not that great. And, and you're then kind of boxed into their configuration and their specs. And we didn't like that. And we, we have always strived to, and this will become apparent through our conversation today, to have more and more direct control over the experience that we provide for our customers in order to optimize it uh, kind of continually and forever to make it a better experience. 
So, you know, companies like SiteGround, for example, and Kinster, who are on Google Cloud now, you know, we evaluated all of that, considered it not super seriously. Google has a bit of a history of just suddenly multiplying their pricing. So if your uh, business model is dependent on certain pricing from Google Cloud, and then next week they decide to triple their pricing, well, you're, you've just moved everything over there. Where, where are you going to go now? You've got to, like, buy... 2,000 servers or something like that, or go to Amazon, who I have used quite a bit on various other projects. Customer service, not great on Amazon. Uh, the, the Amazon backend, pretty difficult for a non-technical person to use. And we know from our experience, Geordie, that our, our core base is kind of the non-technical or semi-technical uh, digital entrepreneur. So uh, this is kind of exactly where I come from unlike my partner, and luckily he's the technical brains of the outfit. I'm not a technical person, but I know how I want something to work in terms of speed and usability, right. things like that. Yeah. So what, what we have tried to do uh, over the whole history of the company is keep kind of de-technologizing and, and trying to simplify, you know, doing anything with kind of push button stuff and, and wizards and things like that make it as easy as humanly possible for what is something that is actually a bit technically complicated, like web hosting, domains, all of that. It is a bit complicated and quite a few things can cause trouble there. So we have always tried to, you know, not in the marketing, like not hit, hit potential customers with tons of acronyms like SSL and SSH and CDN and blah, 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 all those things. You go to many hosting companies and we did this at the beginning too, it was stupid. Uh, we just listed all the tons of technical acronyms there. Later we discovered, of course, they were completely meaningless and, and pointless for- Especially our to marketers. You're, you're, yeah. you're, if you say something like, your, your site is not, no more crashes during launch day, that speaks so much more than, yeah. you know, like we've got backup, you know, with our elasticity and all, you know, all this kind of- Yeah, you know. exactly. We're using 7.62 PHP, uh, SSL3 on IP V6 yeah. servers. Like what, what, what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, means nothing to a marketer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. they just want to know, like, is this gonna, is my cart gonna crash, and am I gonna lose two hundred fifty grand because you know, you know, yeah. the cart is down or whatever. Yeah, and actually, uh, we never had an automated bandwidth restriction. So, quite over the years, quite a, quite a few times, customers will have a launch or whatever. They don't tell us quite often, and we just yeah. see a massive spike in traffic. But there is no automated system to to shut the site down. It will keep working. But the next day, that customer will get an email from us saying, you know, dude, what happened there? What, what's going on with your bandwidth that went crazy? It's good for your business. We just like to know a bit more info. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because if, if it's going to be at that level permanently, they might need to consider a different plan, for example. Mm -hmm. but, but we never have any, have ever had any kind of automatic shutoff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like your your other businesses, your marketing businesses, funded the the, the yeah. server configuration in the beginning. Yeah. Sorry, what was your partner say? The CTO? What was his yeah. name? His name is Georgi Petrov. Okay, Georgi. In Bulgaria okay. is about as common as John Smith. Right. It sounds like Georgi is George. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So so Georgi. So was he the one that recommended you do that you buy the servers? My memory on that's a little hazy, but we were always kind of control freaks and wanted to maintain as much as we okay. could for ourselves. Uh -huh. uh, so it would have been a discussion. And in right, principle, right. 
I will defer to him on technical matters. Of course. Um, but I think about what is the eventual impact, what is the vulnerability of the business, you know, with Amazon or whatever. I mean, even this year, Amazon have had significant downtime. They had a network outage, I think, mm -hmm. two weeks ago. And it took out Netflix and a whole bunch of companies as well. Mm -hmm. the, the, the reality is with hosting and the internet generally, you are to some degree vulnerable at some point in the chain of service providers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And where did you find Georgi? He was a customer of one of my previous SEO services. And I lived in London at the time. And I was looking around for a new base to set up operations. The weather in London was killing me because yeah. I'm from Australia. Yeah. Uh, I, need, I need sunshine, basically. Uh -huh. um, Are you in Chicago now? Did I see that? No, I'm in, in Sofia in Bulgaria. Oh, you are? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, th I was looking through your thing. I thought I saw some, uh, you know, some... That's where our infrastructure for US is, in Chicago. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. so you're, you are in, you're in Bulgaria, and that's, yeah. I guess that would be quite sunny, isn't it? It is. It's great. The yeah. weather is superb here. I love it. Uh, and I've lived here for nine years now, after eight years in London, before that 10 years in Sydney. So okay. uh, it, it works for me. Okay, great. So, so, you, so you met him and so yeah. as a customer in London, and he convinced you to move to Bulgaria then? Yeah, my wife is Bulgarian. We met in London as well. She's okay. not a technical person at all. So she, we, we kind of examined every country to move to. We looked at Vietnam, Cayman Islands, South America, you name it. And, and no single country kind of satisfied all of the criteria that we wanted, like low tax, uh, good skills, IT skills, things like that. But Bulgaria kind of came out on top and, and it's been turned out to be an amazing move for us. Uh, and by the way, not many people know this, but SiteGround are also a Bulgarian company headquartered in the same city here. Okay. Do you have interaction with them? Do you like mastermind with the founders no, or anything like that? No, no, Zero. okay. We're okay. the enemy to them. <laughs> okay. Did they yeah. start up after? Did they see like, hey, hey, WPX is doing pretty well. We're going to kind of try and riff off of what they're doing or? Strangely, no. I'm not sure what's going on over there. And they're okay. like 10 minutes drive from my apartment here. <laughs> really? I, I think they're on their own path. And then that's fine. That's their choice and decision. Yeah. But we have had almost zero contact over the years, which, which is weird because actually I do enjoy networking with other founders. Yeah. And Seems like a natural because they're Bulgarians yeah. and they're in the yeah. same space. And it's like, yeah, exactly. hey, guys, this, this place is, you know, there's. 35% of the internet is built on W on, on WordPress. I'm, yeah. I'm not really too threatened by, by yeah. you guys. There's plenty of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your other businesses. Are they still going? Cause it sounded like they funded, they funded this, the, the server purchases and the, the yeah. initial platform. Are you still working on them? I'm just a creator at heart, Geordie. So I've always okay. got some, some outside projects going, but Compared to WPX, they're pretty small. Okay, so you're uh, like, this is your main deal now then? Yeah, I will have a couple of smaller new ones in 2022 because I just can't turn off the creation thing. Yeah. But yeah, and, and actually now the money from those basically also contributes to something we might talk about a bit later, which is my uh, nonprofit dog foundation, Every Dog Matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to get into that. I just want to make sure I sort of deliver the deliver the story to that point. So if if we're going back in time now, when did when did you when could you feel like you had reached product market fit and you sort of could go full time with WPX? Was there a point in time that 
You remember that? I think it was pretty early, and and we kind of had a very good stroke of luck, which was that a, a blogger called Matthew Woodward, a British guy, he lives in Costa Rica now. He has a really big following, and he provides great tutorials on all kinds of SEO and uh, internet business stuff. And he had had a he'd been with WP Engine. They had had some conflict. He was pretty unhappy with them. He knew about me. I've met Matthew once in my whole life, quite a few years ago, but we're in touch quite often. Mm -hmm. uh, and he decided to give us a try. And I think on the first day, we fixed a problem on his website that WP Engine never were able to fix or didn't want to fix or whatever. So that so was, he wrote, yeah, sold he him wrote, then. That pretty much sold him. Yeah, so he wrote this kind of pretty uh, aggressive anti-WP Engine posts and you know, in favor of us, mm -hmm. and that, that got a lot of traction. And I think for a while, if you typed in WP Engine into Google, this article came up second. Oh, so really? Okay. Because he's a, he's the SEO beast, so he knows how to do this. Yeah. He's going to really make a point. That's yeah, great. Exactly. Um, yeah. What time? What sort of time frame is that? Because I I remember WP Engine. I remember at the time. We didn't go with them, and I think it was because they were quite expensive. It may have been yeah. like a hundred a month or something, and yeah. for our site, it was like not not you know it was it was excessive. You know, I think it was the bottom package. I know yeah. yours now is twenty four or something like that. Was the pricing always the same? Yeah, it was, and we actually haven't changed the pricing in eight years. The whole life of the company, for, for a few reasons. Basically, on day one, we kind of ripped off WP Engine's pricing model. But we thought we want to multiply the value much more. So for them, and I think I checked this earlier before this, this talk today, they're still around. If you buy yearly, it's like 25 bucks a month, but it's for one website. Okay, so yeah. we, went with, we went with the same on a monthly basis. It's like 20 bucks a month if you go yearly, but mm -hmm. that's for five websites. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. typically the digital marketers that, we, that are our customers usually have a load of websites. They've got a bunch of them going. So mm -hmm. like with Kinsta, where it's like 30 bucks a month for one website or WP Engine, 30 bucks a month or 25 for one website. We were around that price, but for five websites. 5X, yeah. So, so 5X in value, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The value proposition. And over time, we added other things that I think think uh, boosted that value proposition. We'll, we'll get to those, but we kind of looked at their price point. But the simple reality is, Geordie, that, that now compared to 2013 when we started, it's, it's incredibly more competitive and, and sort of semi-saturated WordPress hosting now. It's like everybody's all over that. So we, it's very, very price sensitive. You know, if you work mm -hmm. in some niches, they're not that price sensitive, but hosting really is. Mm -hmm. And you have like the host gators and Bluehost constantly pumping out their three dollar a month deal yeah. all over the web. But like when I used them, I found that the, the support was awful. The page loading speed was terrible. Yeah. Custom support yeah. not great. All of that. So, what are the hard costs involved in say going for say okay instead of doing one site, I'm going to do five. Mm -hmm. What are the what are your what's your sort of risk on doing that? Are you presuming that most of the sites will come over will be small in terms of hard drive space, or what's your hard what's your actual um, hard costs on allowing yeah. like say five as opposed to one? Yeah, it's like and on our top level plan, which is called Elite, it's like ninety nine bucks a month for thirty five websites. Mm -hmm. but, but kind of you come back to that old uh, cliched but accurate Pareto principle. So uh, on any the 80, server, 20, right? the yeah, 80, 20 so 20% yeah. of the websites are using 80% of the server capacity. Okay. 
And yeah. even within one account, let's say I have 35 websites on Elite, okay, maybe five or 10 of those are getting some traction and traffic and the others not much. Okay, so it's yeah. traffic then you're saying is the is your sort of exposure then a lot by allowing five, so that might be five high traffic websites. You don't care about like hard drive space or anything like that. It's not about space or even traffic necessarily, but it's more about the configuration of the website itself. So, so for example, with WordPress, one of the, the best and, and ironically worst things about WordPress are the endless plugins available for WordPress. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these are created by coders who have no concept of server resources load. So they do all kinds of stupid stuff. Many yeah. of them are very good, a lot are not. So the, the all-time record we have at WPX is a customer had 200 active plugins running yeah. on his website. Yeah, terrible. All of them doing stuff constantly, yeah. just Breaking killing things. that server, yeah. just demanding constant action. And, and the irony is, and if you have WordPress sites, I encourage you to do this as well, anybody watching this, just go back and audit your plugins from time to time. And I'll bet you most of them you're not even tracking or using anymore. But we, we kind of all have this kind of, we're all hoarding a few plugins. Uh, we need to go back and audit, just delete them. If audit plugins, means just say, am I really using this? Yeah, just go to and your then, plugins page. Am I actually using this thing yeah. that I put in three years ago that seemed amazing, but actually I didn't do anything with it and it's not okay. doing anything? Yep. Yeah, I, I know as a WordPress owner myself that the and my developers say, hey, listen, anywhere we cannot have a plugin, let's get rid of the plugin. Yeah. Um, so the le so less is more definitely in the case of WordPress plugins. Yeah, and it can be a security issue as well. And yeah. even if your plugins are up to date, it could just be that the vulnerability is not yet known, but it exists. Uh, yeah. So the more plugins you have, you do multiply the vulnerability of your site. Yeah. In WordPress hosting, is there sort of like a gorilla in the in the space? Is there like a, a big player, or are there sort of like maybe a bunch of e e sort of equal peers because i know wp engine and kinsta oddly i had never heard of you guys until maybe a few months ago who is the leader in the space would you consider leader in terms of sheer kind of market yeah, market share i think yeah, yeah i think share. you're looking at your GoDaddy and you're looking at bluehost yep. those host are garbage data. though i mean i would not even consider you know what i'm saying like yeah. any like a real business would never go to GoDaddy. I mean, so like in, in terms of like a more sophisticated WordPress user where they, they're not going to go to HostGator. I can, you know, no. it's like they know it's $5 and that in itself says it's got to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my view is uh, if your uh, internet business can't support $20 a month for high quality. Yeah. You have no business being, in, you know, yeah. in business if you can't, yeah. if you can't pay. Yeah. Um, they probably spend 200 bucks a month on different courses and training that they may not watch or use, but but the 20 bucks a month on hosting is just, just outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So is it, who would be sort of the marquee WordPress players right I now? Think, I think WP Engine, you've got to credit still them. Are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think what, what they have done over the course of their history, they've gone way more enterprise. Okay. So they're, they're definitely uh, shooting for enterprise market more and more, and we definitely deliberately don't want that okay so yep. you're aiming you're niching out in terms of like you're going for the the sort of like say two to maybe 15 employees is that sort of your yeah avatar? less a lot of them might be just solopreneur type guys you know again the semi-technical or non-technical they've been burned on the bad hosts in the past 
looking for better quality now and kind of kind of moving on. But yeah. we, we deliberately do not want enterprise. I actually sort of in my past, I worked as a copywriter and creative director in marketing in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I worked for Pepsi and I, I wrote ads for like Panasonic and IBM and mm-hmm. Commonwealth Bank and all these kind of guys. Mm-hmm. I know how difficult those bigger clients can be. And for me, in terms of lifestyle quality, total no-brainer not to not to deal not with those to deal with them. Okay, yeah. that sounds like a great space. I, I just want to in, uh, touch on your HostGator and, and GoDaddy just because I've used both of them and yeah. iFastNet. To me, when I go to GoDaddy, I feel like everything that it's about is trying to sell to me. Like I can't yeah. find anything because they're trying to sell me so much stuff. And I'm a customer and I can't even find my domains. So it's like I... And they're just trying to say, here's a domain to buy. It's like, no, I don't want to buy a domain. I want to find my domains because I have 50 of them or something. And and that's the problem with GoDaddy. With the other ones, the sport is terrible too. The other ones, I, I recently had a problem with um, iFastNet where I, my site was down. And, and they're actually like, I'm looking for live chat. It didn't even exist. And had I known that, I would never sign up with them. But no. I'm trying to bring my site back up with them. It would like support tickets, you know, I mean, can you imagine your site is down and you're like, you know, and I was just like, if you don't answer this, like in the next hour, I'm moving, you know, and sure enough, it was like six hours later and I had already moved by that time because it took me two or three hours just to move the site. Um, Do you find a lot of your customers coming to you with those complaints? Yeah. And we, about five years ago, we introduced something. Something had always bugged me in hosting over those 15 years I talked about. And it just didn't make sense to me. It was like a kind of industry anomaly that didn't really apply to other industries. And it was a situation where you have kind of non-technical people, kind of like you and me. I'll just put you in that category for now. That's fine. Uh, Yeah. So let's say your site goes down and you approach support and they send you an article. So this yeah. a really long technical article, full of techno babble, full of acronyms. You and I, we have absolutely no idea what any of them mean. So now we have the extent of the, the support, quote unquote, was they send you an article, you're expected to understand it, find the solution, apply it and get your site back, back up and alive. And yeah. I thought, can you imagine if I go to Toyota and uh, my wife's Corolla has broken down or whatever, and the mechanic throws me the manual and says, check out <laughs> chapter 10 yeah. and, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. and let me know how it goes. Yeah. And you're going, dude, you're the mechanic. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know nothing about cars or whatever. So it always struck me as very, very odd. So we introduced this thing called this fixed for you guarantee, which, which is... At, a, at the simplest level, if your site goes offline, we fix it for you fast and free. But we, we do actually do a lot of stuff where the so site... So you have an alert that will, that will notify you if like, the site goes down? Typically, customers are right on to us about that. Okay, so they said, my site is down. Can you look yeah. into it? And then you... Okay. Yeah, but, but, but it extends far beyond that. We do a lot of other work. And if you go, for example, to Trustpilot, which is our main review portal, where we have like 1,700 plus reviews... This is the one single quote-unquote innovation that kind of built our reputation. This idea that we have technical people uh, who, who, by the way, do not have sales quotas each month like GoDaddy, and that's a fact. They they actually Mm. have a sales quota they need to meet for a technical support guy. What the hell is that? That's that's just wrong. So uh, our guys are used to solving problems. So like within a minute or two, they'll just have troubleshooting it, 
they can find it's it's this or it's that or, or something needs to be reinstalled or whatever the site's back online so there's nothing technical about that innovation whatsoever but for us it was a complete game changer mm. uh, and the people who created video testimonials for us or, or write all these reviews for us this is the one single differentiator for us from other hosting companies kind of all of them where not only do we now respond super quickly because we overinvested in live chat we average under 30 seconds yeah, I saw uh, that. Independent, independently verified, and, and we wanted to get there a long time ago, and we did. But the idea that somebody who's technical, w- when you're in a bit of a crisis, something's gone really badly wrong, you just get in touch with us, and we fix it for you. We don't uh-huh. charge for that. We just do it. This, for us, was a complete game changer for the... So that guarantee that we'll fix it for you. How yes. Did, how, did you fig- how did you come into that? Was that sort of... It just um, made it made sense. So you were just like, I, I don't know how to do this. Can you fix it for me? It's essentially, you were getting that so much in the live chat. You were like, yeah, we'll do that. It, we got kind of the normal uh, support requests, but it was obviously when something badly went wrong. Yeah. The people are like, you might have a guy who's a surfer who's got a blog or a chef or a stay-at-home mom who's got some knitting blog or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're all valid websites. They're all great. But of course, they lack the technical expertise if something's gone wrong with one of those acronyms, SSL or CDN yeah, or whatever, yeah. they don't know about that stuff and they shouldn't need to. Yeah, They can just approach us and, and in almost every case, we'll get it fixed very, very quickly. Okay, that's yep. good to know. It sounds like it was really, it's all gone really easy for you and I'm sure it's not. Can you, can you talk to me about a, a time where you found it particularly challenging? Yeah, well, we had a time in August this year where... The company that we use to provide our network in Chicago, the redundancy on their equipment failed. Uh-huh. And we went offline, including our own website. We went offline for six hours. Yeah. And this was like, it was like Armageddon kind of thing because people yeah. obviously want their website. We want our own website up. Yeah, and they couldn't uh, even they couldn't even contact you because the, yeah. your own site was down to, yeah. to do chats and exactly. things. So they, they were approaching us through Facebook and things like that. And even email, when we email our customers about it, their email is hosted with us, Yeah, but, but it can't access the network, so they're not getting the email. So that was, that was a really dark moment, uh, maybe one of the darkest. And, did you lose customers because of that? Yeah, we did. Not, not a lot. We offered compensation. We offered like three months free hosting and things like okay. that. And what did you ask for your the, 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 the ISP that was at fault? What did, what did they do to compensate you for that? Because it obviously cost uh, you a lot of money. And- yeah. We weren't super happy with their response. They gave us something like a 40% discount for the following month's services charge, which was okay. contractually was, their, was all they needed to. Yeah. But, but we just, from that, we just introduced a lot more redundancy. A second network, yeah. standby network. So okay. even if they completely fail, we, we're on a different network. So, so there'll be almost zero downtime in that situation. But you, you saw it with Amazon. You saw it with Facebook early this year. They dropped out for, for hours, six, ten yeah. hours, something yeah. like this. Google Cloud, same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really frustrating because customers are understandably upset and angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, we can't physically fix anything because we're relying on that third party to fix it for us. Things, things like that are difficult. Yeah. You, you, we mentioned in the pre-show. You mentioned a charity that you introduced. Um, can you, can you just tell me a little bit of the reasoning why you, why you, you started a nonprofit and and what yeah. it's about? Yeah. So WPX has its own nonprofit. 
NGO, which is everydogmatters.eu. This is a European thing, Eastern European thing. There is a much smaller, I think, Every Dog Matters in the States, in Ohio. That's not us. And the thing that always troubled me about corporate social responsibility spending was that, okay, you're a big company, HP or whoever, just to pick one at random. And each month they might give some money to a different cause or whatever. Mm. But to me, that's still what troubled me about that was that still leaving the responsibility to fix the problem with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And what I could see with, with the dog, homeless dog situation and shelter dog situation here in Bulgaria, nobody with, with resources was really making any impact on the problem. So our goal with this foundation, which is now a couple of years old, WPX is a big sponsor there. We also have some donations and stuff. Our goal is to permanently fix the problem here, not just in Bulgaria, but in Eastern Europe generally. Okay. So part of the problem here is that The way shelters are run is that they they just stick dogs in a tiny little cage for life, mm-hmm. and that's it. The that's dog gets food and water. Yeah. That's it. So really? there's, there's very little. Take a, yeah. So there's very so, little attempt to rehome them. There's no, very little walking, okay. very little socialization with people. So being a huge dog nut and and at home here, we live in an apartment. I have three dogs and ten cats at the moment, uh-huh. but the dogs get enormous. I see. Food. Yeah. Here's a cat. Yeah. My. For anyone, unfortunately, this is a, just an audio, but right now we have a cat walking across yeah. Terry's, like yeah. on cue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So, how yeah. are you fixing the problem then? Um, I presume you started in Sofia. Is that where you're, you're yes. based out of? So, what do you guys do that's different? So, what we have is we uh, rented this huge site about 30 minutes from our office, which is 27,000 square meters. Mm-hmm. of former farmland and three huge farm buildings for pig farming in the past. And we created there a kind of what we call a no-cage open yard shelter. Oh, that's great, because that's almost yeah. three hectares, eh? Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. So our, our yards range in size from 250 square meters up to 2,000 square meters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the dogs have loads of space. They're not jammed into some tiny cell. That's great. So, and the idea of this particular shelter, which will be the first of, I hope, many of them, is to kind of present a working model for other people and organizations around the world to look at that and go, wow, that's the future. Mm-hmm. The way that we put dogs in tiny cells for life now is extremely destructive to them. Very convenient yeah. for humans, very destructive to the dogs. Yeah. We provide very high level medical care equal to any pet at home, probably higher in some cases. Uh-huh. Very good quality food, a lot of human interaction. As a result, everyone who comes to our shelter and meets our dogs goes, oh my God, these dogs are so friendly. They're so nice and sociable. Uh-huh. Well, yes, when they're well treated, that's how dogs dogs that, are. That's naturally the, the yeah. way they want to be, right? And so uh, as a result, I presume the people that come visit are taking the pets home so you can have high circulation of, of yeah. the, uh, the animals there. Yeah. I mean, Bulgaria is, and Eastern Europe generally is a little bit behind on responsibility with home pets. Uh-huh. We send a lot of dogs to Germany, Netherlands, France, and Belgium for okay. rehoming because they're a lot better. They're more right, responsible right. there. Okay. But but we do have that. So this is a model for us for the future. And probably for me, even even early next year, I will spend one or two working days of the week on site at the shelter working on WPX stuff from there and some okay. dog shelter stuff as well. Okay, so that's that's one that you started as a project yeah. that's close to your heart. Yeah, very you're, much. You're, you're very... 
you, I can tell you, I lived in Mexico for a long time. It, they definitely need it over there. There's just it's just running yeah. crazy with the street dogs there. Yeah, exactly. It's like part of the culture almost. Do you have any other projects that sort of in mind with that, or is that going to be something that you just you just hope to expand that and, yeah. and kind of grow that across the yeah. across the globe? Yeah, exactly. So if we have eight or ten in Bulgaria, and then we need to move into Serbia and Kosovo, which are very very close here. Uh, same situation with dogs, Romania, very, very bad, northern Greece, pretty bad. So kind of my life's work, hopefully, you know, the, and this is why I work really hard on WPX to kind of help fund this project as well, is to kind of permanently sort of fix this problem in this part of the world. Okay. Uh, and, and if we can achieve that, that's a pretty good legacy for any company. Of course, and so how much are you? Uh, is uh, is that coming out of, off of WPX's bottom line? Yes. I mean, how, how much yes. can you afford to, to to use to fund that, and how much are you having to go go out and do fundraising for every dog or every animal? What's, every sorry, dog, what's the every name? Dog, every dog matters because you have cats as well. That's why I was. We, we do, sure. yeah. Not many, but I was, but ma- I was making sure that I didn't. Yeah. So every dog matters. Uh, how much are you having to sort of bring over to to help fund that? So we do have some donations, but they're still, because we're relatively new, it's just a few years old, still uh-huh. at a low level, and we need to get more serious with the marketing for that. So most of the money comes from WPX and my own companies and me at the moment, okay. which is pretty substantial because medical costs, even to, to treat one dog, one dog could be in a terrible state, uh, and it might need $10,000 worth of medical care, for example, and that's a killer yeah. blow to the budget. In yeah, a month. of course. And we, we deal with cases like that all the time, you know, cases of cruelty or abuse to animals. Mm-hmm. And my goal as well in the future is that we will also intervene in uh, donkey rescues and horse rescues as well, because they're okay. pretty badly it's treated. Huge. It's huge. Pretty badly treated horses. as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how much, but you, you didn't actually answer the question. How much are you, is it like 10%? So. I presume 10% is around 50 grand. Is that what you're sort of needing to do or? We're, we're getting up there. We're around those kind of numbers on a okay. monthly basis. Yep. Okay. And what was the expenditure like to purchase the land and get all set up? How was that yeah. handled? The, the site we have, we actually have been looking for a year to buy a buy property, but couldn't find anywhere big enough to implement this philosophy. So we had to rent. We have a 10 year lease. Okay. And we've just gone into the second year of that lease and we just expanded by renting a bit more of another building next to it. And we might rent some farmland around it. So for various boring reasons, it's difficult to find huge pieces of land to buy that close to the capital, but but we're working on it and that's definitely the long-term future. Okay. So at this point, it sounds like it's kind of a COVID project. Was that, was that about, sound about right? We, we were going well before then and sponsoring other good shelters in the country. Um, COVID, COVID luckily hasn't been a huge factor for okay. us in the dog work. Okay. Yep. Okay, great. Terry, I just want to thank you for your time. We're coming up close to the end of, end of our agreed upon time. One question I'd like to leave you with. If, if you could tell your former self now getting started back in 2013, what you know now, what would be the one thing that you would tell, tell Terry of 2013? I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you a couple of bonus ones as well because I think okay, about good. quite a lot. <laughs> good. Uh, I think when it comes to what matters, what really matters to you, whatever that might be, it could be your family, it could be the environment, it could be animals, uh, whatever it may be, 
Do as much as you can for as long as you can, but start as early as you can. And the right time to start is always now. Mm-hmm. So waiting is not, not a good option and time passes incredibly quickly. A few projects, like I have a book project I've been working on. I think now we're at, we're at over 10 years since Steve Jobs died, for example, mm-hmm. already. But that's mm-hmm. just astonishing to me, that kind of landmark moment. That's right, yeah. So time passes incredibly click, quickly. So whatever is important to you, start now, however imperfectly. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Whatever you do, don't wait, because that time, we make excuses and, and time just kind of rushes by and then suddenly... We're older, we have less energy or whatever to do things that, that are really important. I would also say to my former self and your, your listeners as well, think of how far can you push this? Uh, be more ambitious. Have you pushed this thing as far as you possibly can? And, and I think the, the, the key thing, and when you look at great entrepreneurs, as I often do and read about and listen to audiobooks and podcasts and stuff, they don't give up. You know, they push really hard. The stuff that actually matters to them, they just don't give up. Uh, And if you have that kind of focus and determination where you're just not going to give up, it's pretty extraordinary what you can accomplish. So I really encourage anybody, whatever their project is, and obviously online businesses is now a a newish kind of great way to support that financially as well as lifestyle and time and all of that. Just get into it. Don't give up. Know what you want and just push it as far as you possibly can. Okay, great advice. And you feel like, do you feel like that you hadn't done that at that time? Or do you feel like you have? I, I hadn't. Uh, and you hadn't, okay. And you've been yeah, doing I, it more lately. You feel like you've been yeah, doing it more so lately. So since 2016, we've been funding stuff here in Bulgaria. But it was 2019 when I created the foundation. Okay. And, I, and it's very clear that my kind of semi-retirement, if I can even call it that way, after my post-WPX career will be completely with Every Dog Matters. With Every Dog Matters. So you, yeah. your intentions is to stay in Bulgaria? And, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely. It's been very okay. good for us. Okay. Great. Thank you again, Terry. Thanks so much for your time. And um, obviously people can drop a, go to WPX.net. I believe we're working on a special page for your listeners to come there for a deal. So we'll have that in the show notes. But how can people reach out? How can they find out about Every Dog Matters? Everydogmatters.eu is the website. For sure, Um, we'll have that in the show notes. And to reach out to you. Absolutely. Best places where LinkedIn, Twitter, where uh, Facebook page is good. Yeah, I'm not not very active on Twitter. I'm not sure if I have an account there. Maybe I need one. Instagram is for WPX and uh, Every Dog Matters. I think we even have a TikTok page now for WPX, which is a okay. new thing. Yeah, okay. if you're into that. Perfect. Thanks yeah. so much, Jerry. My pleasure. Jordy, have a good day there. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software big break could be right around the corner.